and welcome to the podcast, Digging, Doubting, and Believing. I'm Lori, and I'm joined today with Tracy and Pastor Michelle, and we will be digging into our Bibles and talking about how its words challenge us, inspire us, and help us to deepen our faith. Today, we're going to be digging into the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, found in the book of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. And I think Tracy is going to read for us. I most certainly will. Okay. Now it's a long one, so bear with us. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble, because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Jesus, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. While Mary stayed at home, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. 
He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Whew! So long. Yeah, I am so glad, though, that we have these stories. Yeah. That we actually get the whole story. Well, not really. It keeps going. Right. (laughs) But, you know, even though through these weeks of Lent we've had these long stories, I think it's been kind of nice to hear the whole thing Mm -hmm. rather than just little snippets. Yeah. I found found it interesting, though, when I came to the verse that I had had a comment about in my notes, it wasn't the verse as I wrote it. And I think it's because it's from a different version than what I'm used to. And so it kind of stopped me in my tracks a little bit. So I like the kind I the one I remember better. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you want to start with that? You had a comment? We have... <clears throat> things that have caught our attention or made us dig yeah. deeper or so John eleven thirty five. The way I have seen it is Jesus wept. Two words. Mm-hmm. So yes. the shortest verse in the Bible. And um I think it's maybe one of the most important verses for some of us to learn. Um Jesus is showing his him humanity and his deep love. And um, I learned this just a couple of years ago, just this verse, and I can't believe that I hadn't already known it and memorized it because, I mean, Jesus. I can remember two words. Um, so shout out to Luke in the trivia game we were playing that had that verse in it. Yeah. So I've always heard of it as Jesus wept, too. Yeah. And so when I read it differently here in the NRSV, i like, wait a minute. I was kind of waiting to read that, and then it didn't come out the same way. It said, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus began to weep. So, four words. Mm-hmm. Would it then be the shortest verse in the Bible in the NRSV? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You might have to dig that one up. I think they're trying to get to the tense of the verb here. Is, you know, right. That it, yeah, wept sounds like maybe it was in the past or, you know. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Okay. Pastor? What kind of struck me through the whole thing was how many times we hear the dead man. You know, so the sister of the dead man, Lazarus, who was dead. You know, that over and over and over um, we hear that kind of phrase. Mm -hmm. And 
in some ways I feel like it's saying he was really, really, really dead. <laughs> you know, yeah. or um, you know that Jew, Jews believed at that time. I don't know if they still do, but that the soul left the body after three days. Mm -hmm. And so I think to myself again, that's another emphasis on he was really dead. He wasn't just sleeping. He wasn't, you know, because yeah. it was four days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that he smelt, he had yes. a stench, mm -hmm. so he's yeah. really dead. He's really, really, really dead. <laughs> because it's harder to raise him if he's really, really dead. Correct. Versus just dead. I think so. Like, oh. like just, <laughs> just recently dead. Or you could have like an excuse, like, oh, was he in a coma? Was right. he really just breathing so shallow they couldn't... Mm -hmm feel it. I mean, the fact that he was wrapped in a tomb for four days and stunk. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. I found it interesting, too, that in the beginning, they don't say Mary and Martha and Lazarus were siblings or whatever. They say one person's name, like Mary, whose brother, Lazarus, or they say Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Mm -hmm. they, they don't use... I just yeah. thought it was weird. Like, why do they say Mary and her sister in one point and then say Martha and her sister in other places? I don't know. Why not just put them together and use their name every time? Something I learned was that, you know, I had learned last week or the week before that in John, in the, in the first part of John, it was the um, book of signs mm -hmm. yeah. and that during this um, when Jesus showed that humanity that you were talking about and um, and you know his love for Mary and Martha and Lazarus that that really is a turning point mm -hmm. and that now it becomes the book of glory and glory to both Jesus and to God. And so when you read it, then I, I looked at that a little differently, that, you know, Jesus is changing here. Mm -hmm. And he's preparing not only himself, but mm -hmm. all of the people mm -hmm. for what's coming. Right. Because what happens right after this, if we continued to read, we would hear that this is the time where it says, and they decided they needed to kill him. You know, so the Pharisees then mm -hmm. are moving toward not just dealing with Jesus, but now so many people are starting to follow him that they're worried that mm -hmm. the Romans will start to take notice. And Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I um, saw in one of the commentaries that um, Caroline Lewis wrote that John puts this story at the end of his account closest to the crucifixion, and in Mark and Luke, they put the cleansing of the temple as like mm -hmm. the last straw mm -hmm. where they decide they're going to kill him after that. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting that there's two, two separate occasions that they're putting closer to the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. It would make sense because it's the last thing that that should go in order as how it actually happens. So who who had it in order, yeah. Mark and Luke, yeah. or John. I don't think that the gospel writers were as interested as we are in chronology. Mm -hmm. You know, I honestly don't believe that that was 
the focus. They were focused on telling the story mm -hmm. and not so much on when did this happen and, you know, what time in history was it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think they were just interested in telling the story and how they constructed the story said something about what they were trying to say about Jesus. You know, John, mm -hmm. you, the book of signs. Yeah. And so this is the seventh sign, the last sign in the book of John. And um, I also think that what's interesting is in this book, um, as you go through those signs, John always, you know, does it and then he explains it. But here he explains it and then does it. And so to me, again, it's that reversal. It's saying this is it. It's turning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and it's the last I am statement, or no, it's not. It's one of the I am statements, right, where he mm -hmm. said, I am the mm -hmm. resurrection and the, the life. life. And in um, a commentary by Jennifer Bashaw, she said, she talked about, um, I call it awesomeness. I don't think she used that word, but <laughs> I use that word that um, really, again, and I know I focused on this before, but for me, um, <clears throat> looking at how women were viewed at this time, and I know that a lot of people struggle with that on you know, what the Bible says about women and how do, how do women relate to, to this. And, but here again, the awesomeness that he chose a woman, again, to say the, you know, tell him, tell her who he was, and that she was this model of belief. So when he said, do you believe me? And she said, yes, I believe you are. The, you know, she didn't question. And then she really is a disciple. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we look at a lot of the men that are standing around and really had much higher status and they didn't believe, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and didn't believe so much that in the end, killed him. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's my awesomeness. <laughs> the other thing that I found interesting, other than his awesomeness, <laughs> <laughs> was how both Mary and Martha say the same thing. You know, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then later when Jesus says, where have you laid him? And, and they say, come and see. Again, that's the, the, the discipleship narrative that has been through John too. How many times mm -hmm. have we heard, come, come see? see. Um, yeah. And now here they're saying to Jesus, come see. <laughs> yeah. So I just found that interesting. I found a, a devotional on my um, Bible app, version um, that was called The Last Apostle, John 11, How to Grieve. And it talked about how Jesus is showing us in this story how to grieve and that um, one of the women rushed toward him. And some people are, you know, more outwardly grieving. And the other one stayed back and was more quiet. And, you know, so showing us that whichever way you grieve is okay. Yeah. You know, he didn't, he didn't admonish either one of them for the way they handled it mm -hmm. with him. Um, and this story is also showing us that death isn't the way God intended it to be, and also that there's hope. Mm 
Mm-hmm. See, and what I liked about that too was in terms of the grieving, that Jesus knew what was going to happen, and yet He was grieving. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that that in life we know what's going to happen. We know that eventually we're going to be in heaven and we're going to be together with the ones we love. And yet, even though we know that, we still grieve. And I think it does give you that permission, even though we have hope, it still doesn't mean it's not awful at this moment and that we're not hurting. And it's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And think about the relationship that Jesus already had with with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were good friends. They Mm -hmm. had an ongoing relationship Mm -hmm. with Jesus. And even though we might have a relationship with Jesus, that doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're still going to happen. He doesn't prevent Lazarus from dying, but he ultimately was present to them, and God is glorified even in something that feels initially unredeemably painful. Um, so, And also, it's telling us resurrection happens in this life. Mm-hmm. And and we do we do have that you know where you go through something and you just feel like you've been beaten into the ground and then mm-hmm. you are resurrected from that mm-hmm. um, and so we don't have to wait for that someday to have the benefits mm-hmm. and the, the beauty of knowing Jesus and new life and yeah mm-hmm. and I also looked at this story as you know again we don't have Jesus here. To, make, to show us these signs, these miracles. And, you know, sometimes we wish we would. But, but when I started thinking about it, I call them the Lazarus moments. And then I have another kind of moment. But <clears throat> the Lazarus moments are really when things happen in your life that really are truly miraculous. You know, I have a friend whose husband had stage 4 cancer. And, you know, it was not a good situation. And yet, two weeks ago, they went to Disneyland as a family, mom, dad, and their little girl, and he's cancer-free. So to me, that's a Lazarus moment, Mm -hmm. if we look at it that way. Granted, a lot of great medical breakthroughs (laughs) have allowed it, but Mm -hmm. how did they get that knowledge, you know? But really, that's one of those Lazarus moments that we can see, and we can say that truly is a miracle, and... Mm -hmm. um, it depends on our faith if we say, you know, all glory to God. Mm-hmm, right. Or we say, well, thank goodness for modern medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. then you, you question again, where did they get that? Mm-hmm. But Well, Lazarus' name means God has helped or God helps. Mm-hmm. In um, Hebrew, God has helped, and in Greek, God is my help. So there's your Lazarus yeah. moments. God is yep. in the picture there. But I think we also need to, you know, for me, there's not many, I suppose if you looked hard enough, there'd be more, but not as many Lazarus moments physical that I can look at. And I, um, Pastor, you're having, you know, you're reading the book, using the book Lent in Plain Sight. Mm-hmm. And I still go back to that one story about the bread where it talks about a woman who is very positive, and she uses the story of Moses. And um, when all of the Israelites were complaining, we don't have anything to eat, and he goes to God, and God says, okay, I'll give you food, and he gives them manna, which is bread, and they still complained. But this woman in this story 
in the book, she said, was very positive. And so what she did was she, every time that anything happened, that was kind of the, not a Lazarus moment, but, you know, a little, you know, where you would say, there must have been some intervention, she would say, bread from heaven, you know, mm-hmm. that we're getting, and, and I think that's important for me when I thought about this at 2 o'clock this morning when I couldn't sleep, that <laughs> really, you know, we have those Lazarus moments, but then every single day I have those bread from heaven moments where, um, you know, we, we just, and I think it's important for me to have them and to recognize them. And also this story kind of tells me, okay, recognize that it's a bread from heaven moment, but then give God the glory. Mm-hmm. You know, this change here that's happening, that oftentimes we see that maybe it's a bread from heaven moment, but we don't give that glory to God. And mm-hmm. so I, that's I think kind sometimes of, we're so, looking so hard for the Lazarus moment that mm-hmm. we miss the bread from heaven moment. Right. Yeah. 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 I thought it was really interesting that there are 43 verses dedicated to telling the story of what's happening in only two verses for the actual raising Uh of Lazarus. And I was wondering why that would be. And the only thing I could come up with is that because it's in the context of the learning, the digging, the preparation, that you gain the awareness of who God is and what he can do in your life. Mm -hmm. And isn't life just a prep for our eternal life with God in heaven? Mm -hmm. So... The people, the words, the actions found in the story are kind of like a model for us as we lean into and getting close to where he actually raises him from the dead. It's the conversations, the worry, the grief, the celebrations of life that all yeah. lead to that mm-hmm. final, our final moments. Yeah. Have you ever thought about what it must have been like for Lazarus after he was raised? I mean, how people would have treated him and... You know. Does it say how they treated well, him? Well, no, it does say later how that they came because they wanted to see Jesus, but also that they wanted to see Lazarus, you know, mm-hmm. like this circus. Um, but then later on, didn't they show. want to kill him too? Yeah, the mm-hmm. Pharisees do. Yeah. yeah, they decide they have to kill Lazarus because he's a walking, breathing, talking example of the power of Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and did they then? I don't know. We don't hear that. We don't hear mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... I, I often think of how it must have been. I mean, what would it be like physically? I mean, I know I have resurrection moments that right. are mm-hmm. emotional, but you mm-hmm. know, to have been dead in the tomb for four days, mm-hmm. was he aware of anything? Maybe he was mad because he was up in heaven. Right. <laughs> Why did and you bring I, me back? Yeah, what am I doing back exactly. on earth? <laughs> that doesn't seem to be his reaction. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> You know, and I've always looked at Mary and Martha, and I've always kind of, I've kind of put myself more on the Martha side than Mary. I think Martha's the one who always wanted to clean and right and get things ready. Yep. Mm-hmm. And but then you talked about how Martha ran out ahead, and that was how she was grieving, and that's definitely not how I grieve. You know, yeah. I'd be one that was just sitting back, usually very quiet. Mm-hmm. Very. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, 
you know. That's interesting that you point that out because I've also always identified myself as a Martha. Mm-hmm. And to say, oh, maybe in that instance in life, I am a Martha. But look at here. Now I'm a Mary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Anything else? Yeah. I um, also was interested in the raised versus resurrected mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked up what both of them mean. Um, raised means you'll die a physical death again. Resuscitated. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Lazarus was raised, not resurrected, because when you're resurrected, as Jesus was, you will never die physically again. Correct. So I had never even thought, mm-hmm. why did they use raised versus resurrected until now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting that Lazarus hears his voice and comes out like a mm-hmm. shepherd and the sheep. Yeah. Any more, ladies? Any more applications to your life? Because I think we've talked about a lot, quite a bit about what made us dig deeper and the commentaries, but now how do... I chatted a little bit how I kind of applied this. How do you take this story and fit it into where you are? For me, I think I um, lean more towards that um, I can still have a close relationship with God and continue to do that and want to continue to do that. But this story is a reminder that I'm still going to have trouble, but he's still going to be there with me in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not immune to trouble, but I can also help others through that, knowing that he's still there with me and, and I can come through that with him. You can provide that word of hope when others yeah. may not be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, I've and I think I've shared this before too, but I have such a hard time with the miracle stories mm-hmm. because you know, I, I guess I'm a universalist, you know, that if Jesus is going to do it for one, why wouldn't he do it for everyone? Right. And so that's yeah. a stumbling block for me. And I think that what I take from it is kind of what I've already said, that, you know, you don't have to have those Lazarus moments mm-hmm. in order to be able to see Christ at work right. and to open my eyes to those other times when mm-hmm. God is very active in the world. And I don't know why everybody mm-hmm. doesn't, but even in Jesus' life, not everybody mm-hmm. you know, received what we would think we'd all want. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. And I think there are times in our lives when, you know, it's impossible for us to see the Lazarus moments because of where we are and, and you know, um, the, the things that are happening to us prevent it. Mm-hmm. And even that it prevents us to see the bread from heaven moments mm-hmm. of every day. And um, I remember about a year ago, I was, I, I think I was there, I just wasn't seeing the bread from heaven or the Lazarus or anything. And um, I read in, in one of the studies that, you know, if you're having a hard time finding the good, if you're trying, you know, or <clears throat> even about if you're having trouble praying, they said set an alarm for the same time every day. Oh. And so I've done that. So my watch goes off at 10.30 every morning. And I take that time to just say, 
this is your day, God. Thank you for letting me be in it. And help me do what you want me to do. And forgive me when I fall short, because I probably will. Mm -hmm. And that's all I say at 1030 every morning. Mm -hmm. But then it starts getting me to think, you know, what were maybe some bread from heaven moments that I could be a little more thankful for. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes I think we just really have to push ourselves to find those. And because we can't always have those Lazarus moments. Mm -hmm. We can't always have those miracles in our life. So, and it's but we not, always have the bread from yeah, heaven. Moments. Yes, uh -huh. yes. And I don't think it's like a, oh, just think positive and everything will be wonderful. That's yeah. not what it is. It's mm -hmm. more of a um, recognition that even in the midst of the mm -hmm. whatever it is, whether it's lethargy or whether it's yeah. um, pain or hurt, or that even in the midst of that, Christ is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So with that, we are glad that you have joined us for this episode of Digging, Doubting, and Believing. We hope that you will now feel like you need to go digging yourself, and we hope that you can find some bread from heaven moments and maybe even a few Lazarus moments to think about today. So again, thank you for joining us and remind you that this podcast comes to you from St. John Lutheran Church located in Alma, Wisconsin. We hope you enjoyed yourself and join us next time for Digging, Doubting, and Believing. 